0: The people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in
1: 1988, this place was actually in Ginza
0: on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the
1: point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day
0: 1989. Uh, Not just sake as a beverage. And welcome back and thanks for tuning into one more episode here at Sake On Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to expanding the dialogue surrounding Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. My name is Justin Potts, one of several of your regular rotating hosts here on the show, the show that is brought to you with the support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association. Today we are continuing with our sake vocabulary mini-series in which we are bringing on a wide range of guests who are working deep in the realm of sake in many different capacities, and we're having them introduce to us a particular bit of sake or shochu-related vocabulary of their choice that they thought was of particular importance or of interest or has some component to it that they thought our listeners should uh maybe better understand or better appreciate or just get a little better handle of with a little different perspective, hopefully contributing to their uh, further enjoyment of sake or shochu as the beautiful beverages that they are. This week, I am joined by Mr. Takashi Umio Eguchi, uh, more often than not referred to as Umio or umio san and Umiyo-san is the sake concierge. He is your guide for sake and the proliferation of sake culture. Um, a lot of our listeners might know him as he did indeed contribute the tasting notes to uh, the Japanese sake Bible uh, by Mr. Brian Ashcraft. And he's Umiyo-san has actually been on the show uh, with us before as well, too. Um, so we we're excited to have him back to join us um, before he told us all about Kyoto. And today he's got uh, some choice words for us. Um, but before we dig into there, I'll have him say hello and introduce himself a bit once again. umio san how are you doing this morning hi. where you're at? Hi,
1: hi, Justin. Hi. Hi, Justin. Hi. Hello from Kyoto. I'm uh, Umio. Uh, I, as I introduced, I'm sake A Sake concierge sake is my mission. As a sake concierge is uh, to guide the sake culture to the everybody in in the world, the sake culture through drinking sake, through enjoying sake. I'm as Justin introduced. I wrote the. Uh, t- I, I'm writing tasting notes of sake in the book and. The, digital media called sakeconcierge.com and and i uh i i I write tasting notes and i interview brewers and farmers and sometimes i write uh, articles about the sake culture sake brewing and sake culture and agriculture and uh, i sometimes i guide a sake tour and I hold sake events, sake tasting events, and sake seminars. And I also teach uh, sake tourism in a college in Kyoto.
0: Excellent, you're a busy man. I so said whenever I'm looking at your your feed, you're always got you always got something going on.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, it 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 is kind of difficult to introduce myself. What what are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing many things, but I basically do one thing to uh, make people know the the good part of the sake culture, and excellent, excellent, which is why
0: you're here today. Uh, And I'm super excited to have you back. Um, I imagine you've probably got a whole lot of uh, vocabulary you'd love to share with us today. But I have asked you to narrow it down to a single one. uh, To start with, what is that word that you want to share with our listeners today?
1: I want to share the the word ricey. Ricey? Ricey. is uncommon in English because when you type ricey in your smartphone, the spell checker would uh, suggest a different... Like, your, It's not, not in dictionary, but... Yeah. It's, in, <laughs> it's in large dictionaries, but it's not in normal dictionaries. But it is very... The concept of rice is very essential when we describe the flavor of sake.
0: Sure. So I guess just very simply then, I'm really glad you picked this. When you told me you selected this word, I was really really happy. I think there's a lot to kind of unpack here. Uh, I guess really, really quickly then, just if there exists just kind of a basic dictionary definition of ricey in the context of sake, what is ricey?
1: Ricey is an adjective to describe the the flavor of rice, the aroma aroma of rice, the taste of rice, and uh, it's basically it's it could be generalized by the flavor of grain, grainy flavor, but the ricey flavor is has characteristics typical to rice, like the the aroma of the, uh, the aromas when you when you smell the raw rice or rice just cooked or just steamed, or in the the grain itself and the, the plant itself, the the straw of rice, the uh, the ear of rice. and it is very essential for uh, for us for uh, rice eating people. That to like it is the ricey one ricey nuance, ricey characteristics, they are very nostalgic. And very, uh, we when we when we feel the ricey notes, we feel relaxed. So, I'm um, sorry, it's it's beyond the, the basic definition. No, that's okay. Of no, the-
0: that's great. <laughs> but, that's great i'm glad you actually incorporated all that because that brings up a few things i'd love to ask you about because i i mean not to put you on the spot here but it's i'd say that probably for a lot of individuals who are not necessarily accustomed to drinking sake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or let's say they are taking their first an early sake education course you know they're starting to learn about sake in a you know in that in that context and they're looking at explaining flavor or aroma um and the adjective ricey comes up often when describing not just rice obviously but sake and I feel like I mean I might be I might be wrong about this but I feel like for example in the wine world you wouldn't describe wine as being grapey I mean you might a little bit right you would you might you know you might explain the qualities that are generally inherent to the kind of grape you know, say this, oh, it's, it has this quality of a Syrah, or it has this, you know, quality of a a Riesling or something like that. Um, But if someone, if you gave someone a glass of wine, and you said, you know, what, what do you smell? And if they said, it smells grapey, you know, or grape-like, it's kind of like, well, of course it does. It's made from grapes. Like it just, it seems Like, it's just kind of a given. It doesn't feel like it needs to be explained, Mm -hmm. right? However, in the context of sake, it it, it feels similar, I think, if you're not used to it, it's like, well, it's made from rice. Of course it's, of course it's ricey. It feels like something that doesn't necessarily need to be expressed, but it is expressed and people do use it as a common expression, right? And so it's I guess I'm trying, you know, and I think if you've experienced it, you know, and you've had a lot of experience, you realize how important that communication or that that word can be. Um, but it might be difficult for people to understand or grasp the relevance of that
1: language initially. That's the that's what we always think about. The uh, this is. Strongly connected to the how we appreciate historically and culturally the sake, we we make it important, we highlight the discreteness of the ingredients, which means as as you know, sake has a wide variety of aromas from rice aromas, of course, and the fruity aromas and flowery aromas and the aged aromas of uh grape uh dry fruits and nuts and even uh black olives and a, a wide variety of aromas sure among so sure. yes amongst of, of them we still have ricey aromas and we feel very relaxed when we find rice aromas but this is just my my opinion in my opinion ricey aroma shouldn't be very outstanding the ideal way of feeling sake uh, tasting sake is for me ideal sake is when we drink sake when we smell sake we feel i when i feel the, the like fruity aroma or the uh refreshing aroma and uh when we see the inside the sake, we finally find the nuance of rice. Oh, oh yes, this uh, we found the ricey notes, which means we are drinking. Which means we which realizes as uh, to that we are drinking sake made from rice. So the discreteness is. Very relevant to the uh, to the uh, importance of the ricey flavor so when we drink sake if the ricey aroma is so distinctive it is not very we don't feel that very elegant the elegant sake is in my opinion we feel the the sweet uh the aroma of uh, fruity aromas and refreshing aromas, or or more calm aromas, or other other aromas than ricey aromas. And then, when we find behind these aromas, when we find ricey aromas behind these aromas, we are so relaxed. So we are very happy to find the the ricey notes behind the these notes, and. Then we realize that this this drink we uh, I'm drinking is sake made from rice. So that's, that that discreetness is very relevant to uh, the. At the same time, we we regard the importance of ricey aromas. Yes, in that sense, in that way, we drink the to highlight the riceiness is as important as. The discreetness of the riciness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a it's a really good point. I and I like that um before you brought up when you when you're communicating mm. riciness, the sensory experience of riciness, that there is a wide range of what that can be as well. Too right, you mentioned it could be the aroma of raw rice, it could be Steamed rice, cooked rice, mochi rice, rice flour. You mentioned the plant, the ri- the plant of the rice or some, the ear or the stock or some other component of it. Like those are all different, may, maybe they might have similar, you know, aromatic compounds and things in there, but they're all unique expressions of them. Right, and so when you're finding riciness, you're not only finding a component of rice; you're finding in that discreteness the nuance yes. in this Yes,
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. When when we feel the the aroma of rice just cooked, we imagine the the our my childhood when we were waiting for the my our uh, mother was cooking rice, and our children, my. Me and my brothers are very hungry and waiting for the rice is cooked. Yeah. And that I it drinking sake with that kind of rice aroma remind reminds me the 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 memories of my childhood with rice. And if you f- if you find the uh, aroma of the grainy ricey aroma of rice straw or brown rice. You you might feel like walking down the the path between the rice bodies, rice fields, yeah. just before the harvest. Yeah. So I I usually mention I usually describe it's like oh this sake has uh flavor of the harvest. So that kind these aromas, these rice aromas all connect to the 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 memories, images, and the culture and the the environment of the rice production places. Yeah, oh that's that's
0: fantastic. I you made, because you made some really really good points in there that I think that are really important distinctions to make from, say, like sake um, compared to wine. In that one, you mentioned that it's. These ricey aromas, aromas or flavors should be more subtle, right? If you're explain, if you're describing the say the grapiness of a wine, that's not subtle, that's the most dominant characteristic, right? <laughs> you're only voicing the most dominant characteristic when you know what people are wanting is for you to find the depth and the layers underneath. The riciness, while it's a core component, it's not the most dominant, it's in that subtle area underneath right right? right, so it forces the the drinker to um to to sit with it to spend more time with it right and to into and to find those and discover the enjoyment of those and then i guess the other really critical difference that cultural component you, you talk about is and this is like you said it's probably going to differ a great deal depending on where you come from and where you grew up but say for wine if you let's say if you grew up on a winery maybe you have certain associations with the smell of the vineyard or the ripening of the different you know the ripening of the grapes and those aromas or you know the smell of you know fresh picked grapes or fermenting tanks that's that's a personally that's a culturally it's something more personal but it's limited to a very finite number of people who have had that experience right not everybody has been there whereas if we're talking about sake in the context of japan the that nostalgia and those connections that the rice like aromas you're you're speaking of those are that's a shared experience by nearly everyone in the entire population right which is very very different from say if it was you know beer or winemaking or something like that those are very ice those are only isolated to the specific population of people who are working in it which is which is very different which makes so much sense then when you explain that and reference how you know that's able to evoke different types of feelings and emotions in a way that's that's very unique and special and makes the experience of sake something very special.
1: Mm-hmm. That was a way what that was. I thought about and I discussed with my my many of my friends and my my colleagues about that uh, choosing the the word rice when I started to writing taste sake tasting notes in in, in English. It's a decent percentage of population, the global population, uh, people eat rice every day or uh, familiar with the flavor of rice but there are people who are not familiar with the flavor of rice but i chose i i decided to use the word rice that uh, it it could help the the people who are not familiar with rice to introduce the the good things of rice through tasting sake and what you are tasting is, is kind of grainy, but it's a little bit, you can like, it has something special in these grainy aromas. That's ricey. And this, that is the power of rice. That is the taste of rice. And uh, the readers, the listeners, the, the audience might think that, oh, oh, that's a, a ricey flavor. And let's uh, like, or oh, I would taste rice if I have a chance, or stuff like that. So the using the introducing the concept of rice to people who are not familiar with rice could help pe- help them to introduce the the good thing, the attractive part of rice and r- sake brewed with rice so uh, that means the rice is for everybody it is not only for the rice eaters and non rice eaters yeah yeah absolutely it's it it's it's critical it's that's that's fantastic that's
0: fantastic i'm so glad you 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 finished that off you explained it um better than i ever could so we will we will we will call it there um and we will leave our listeners with that Umiyo-san, thank you so much for taking a moment to share the pleasure and joys of
1: ricey uh with us uh this morning. Thank you so much, Justin. I, it was very good to share the the idea of ricey. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent.
0: And that will do it for one more episode here at Sake On Air. If you have any questions about ricey or any of our other uh, words in our vocabulary mini-series that we've got going on, feel free to send those questions to sakeonair.com. or you can reach out and share those thoughts with us over on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at Sake On Air. The show is brought to you by the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and broadcast more often than not from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center located in the heart of Tokyo. The show is a production by Potsuke Productions with editing work done by Mr. Frank Walter. That'll do it for this week's Vocabulary, and we'll be back with some more vocabulary and some more sake on air here very soon. Until then, Kampa!